I'm Christina Gerakides, co-CEO of Singularity U Australia and committed to making the seemingly impossible possible. Singularity U Australia stands at the intersection of the values of humanity with the value of technology. Inspire for Five is a place where we have conversations with inspirational entrepreneurs, community leaders and representatives of organisations who are boldly creating a future by design. The good, the bad, the warts and the inspiration. We are leading the way to be the change we want to see in the world. Conversations that bring to light the magic that is happening on a daily basis all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of Inspire for Five and do we have a treat in store for you today? Not that we don't have a treat in store for you all the time when we're running Inspire for Five, but every every podcast recording for me just gets more and more and more exciting. We are speaking this morning with Frank Fitzpatrick, who is a creative executive. He's an author. He's a Forbes contributor. He's on faculty at Singularity U's Exponential Medicine. He's an esteemed member of Singularity U Australia's faculty. Welcome to the podcast, Inspire for Fire, Frank. It's such an honour and a pleasure to be speaking with you this morning. Uh, it's great to be here. It's, uh, you're, you're doing a great job and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm happy that you've got an amazing community and uh, I feel very privileged. And we were very privileged to have you at our uh, at the summit, and that was just a, a, an amazing segment. And we've had so much positive feedback from that segment; it's been remarkable. So we are going to get straight into the five points of inspiration uh, that you've given us that we want to want to extrapolate and discuss, so that everybody gets the passion and the the feel of what you are doing. So the first point that we're going to talk about is back to the future. So the history of efficacy for music and health. I'm handing over to you, Frank. Right. Well, let me give it overarching. So um, uh, we're kind of each of the five points are reasons that music sound and technology will transform the future of health and human potential. So I'm really committed to the exponential human, the exponential leader and uh, exponential technology is not of much use unless we have exponential leaders and, and um, I've been many many years in, in music as, a, as one of those tools and that's both for myself and, and for um, what I do in the world. So um, we're gonna weave music through sound, technology, human potential and so when I say back to the future, um, you know, it's it's just one of these tool sets that we kind of take for granted um, we, because we tend to Put it in the category of entertainment and commodity and we don't realize that long before the last 500 years long which it grew into that long before that it was just a fundamental piece of our uh, of our being of our dna of our community building of uh, the dna of everything we did and even in the area of health um you know i say back to the future because i usually start out going back to china um so there's different different stories, but whether it was 2600 BC or 1000 BC, or there's different stories that come up, but the, you know, music was written into the medical texts of China and, and ancient Greece as a therapeutic um, form of medicine. The symbol for, in Chinese, for medicine and music are fundamentally the same, except for a little 
difference in medicine, which has a little plant on the top of it. And then happiness is also the same. So if you think um, music, medicine, happiness, health and happiness, music is a very important tool and sound. Um, so, and if we flash forward into the areas of, you know, that we've, it's been used, um, I could go through a long list. I kind of do it in my talk, so I won't get too deep in for our time, but, you know, in, in areas of cancer, um, you know, Alzheimer, dementia, the Parkinson's, and then, you know, all these different deep areas of health, stress relief, of course. Um, and then in, in the human potential area, focus, um, you know, motivation, uh, it's, it's many different areas. If you look at what, how Stephen Kotler talks about flow um, in the stacking of neuro, neurobiological triggers, um, music is, is a, is a, a layer of that that very few people add to the human performance side that that triggers many of our neurobiological um, um, you know chem chemicals and, and motivators internally that we can take great advantage of so it's kind of like adding the gravy to the potatoes you know it's like or the frosting on top of anything you do you can in the areas of health and human potential you can up what you're doing by another level by integrating music and sound in an intelligent way. Yeah. So I, um, and that's been done throughout history. I'm hoping my mission is to bring it back and how do we bring it into healthcare and leverage technology to do it in a really more, you know, a more effective and scalable way so everybody can understand it, that, that application. And I know we're gonna get further into it, but it's quite remarkable uh, that we need to remark on how music makes us feel better because there's been so much in recorded history about, about music and the use of music. And even now with meditation and focus and everything else, it's like intrinsic to everything we do. And we were talking last night, actually, uh, I hosted a panel for an innovation festival. We were talking last night about having an arts blackout and what that would mean from, an, from a music perspective. And it would mean, you know, basically turn off the movies, turn off your radio, turn off everything <laughs> when you go to a supermarket or a shopping center, you know, because music is intrinsic and, and it actually releases the hormones right. and everything that we need to feel good and to heal. But I know that you're going to get into that. So let's go to and turn um, off the birds like, and turn off the nature and turn off like, you know, it's, exactly. like, it's right. So, yeah, so that, that's really interesting too. our definition of music uh, is quite interesting. Um, engagement is the second point and using technologies of emotion. And as we always talk about it at singularity is about impacting a billion people. So over to you for that engagement piece. Right. Well, you're big on stories and you're also big on music, but stories, you know, when I first um, entered the halls of Singularity University, as you might say, about um, uh, 10 years ago, exactly, actually, I, I, uh, I approached, um, you know, Salim and the founding members and it's, it's like, okay, your mantra is that you're going to impact the lives of a billion people, you're going to impact humanity, you know, and a billion people at a time through exponential technology, but humanity is not a machine. It's, it's an, it's an emotional, we're emotional machines first, you know? So the most, if you, there's no way you're going to reach a billion people unless you're using storytelling and music and music is, is probably the highest engagement level of any technology that's out there. You know, I think I went through in my talk about, you know, there's been over a hundred, you know, 
way more than 100 uh, videos uh, or music pieces that have uh, videos on YouTube that have reached a billion marks. Some of them reached 3 billion, some of them reached 6 billion. It's, it's kind of, I mean, it's hard to find a piece of technology, a piece of experience that doesn't have music that's able to do that capacity. So, so I, I try to help people understand and leaders understand and even, you know, entrepreneurs understand that whether they're using it for their own, you know, their own potential, their own growth, their own um, survival toolkit in their work is that to, or whether they're using it to reach and engage at scale across the world that not to forget about the power of storytelling and music. And, when, and it's very often they're not measured or appreciated well, or, and definitely not understood in, in the world of technology in Silicon Valley, you know? It's, um, and isn't it amazing that a piece of music can reach so many people? I was actually, somebody flicked me the most watched YouTube video and it was something about baby shark and mama shark and daddy shark and it had 8.8 .8 billion views. Right. Uh, and all I know is that that song stuck in my head for the whole entire day. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, engagement. It, it is very, and we were also actually, it's so timely that we're doing this recording today and I, and I did the, um, the innovation uh, panel last night, but we were talking about the electricity, which is part of that music engagement um, that happens between the performer and the instrument or the performer and a fellow performer. And what is it that actually switches that music, that magic in the music on? Because you can have somebody play something uh, and it just go, you go, oh yeah, you know, blah. And But then there's other times where it's absolute magic. And as a performer, I'm imagining, I know I'm going off script now and that's totally okay because I'm hosting the okay. show, but um, can, you, can you talk to that? Can you talk to, to points of time where you've absolutely felt that electricity in the communication with your instrument or with the audience? Yeah, it's, it's both with the audience and I mean, I can talk about it as I'll talk about it first from the from being an audience, you know, because my my story um, in growing up is, you know, I, we didn't really have the resources. For, I grew up in Detroit, which was a huge music city. and We didn't really have the resources for, you know, music lessons and to go to a private music school, art school. And, and um, but I lived in such a musical city and then that city went up in flames, looks very much like COVID, you know, went, went from the number one middle class city of the world and then and the number one technology center of the world to 30% unemployment to, you know, racial riots to all the schools collapsing and closing and and all the retail shutting down and all within a year's time. So I was 11, 12 years old at the time and music was basically my drug of choice, drugs were all around me, heroin, you name it, it, you know, even a teenage young kids, but, but it was also just this, I could feel the frequency the I could feel it speaking to me, I could feel artists voices telling my me their story, but it became my story. And um, it was my, you know, I wouldn't be standing or talking here with you today. If, if that wasn't true, I'd be I'd be some you'd be waiting for me for the next incarnation. So, so it's, um, so from an audience member, and then, you know, you know, I mean, anybody, it's um, almost anybody can experience that, you know, when they listen to a favorite piece of music, I, you know, back, there's not, maybe people don't remember having records, but I remember, you know, many records that I would just, you know, have a little record player and go to my room and just take the same song and play it over and over and over and over and, and then start to sing it and over and over and over again. And it was like, 
you know, I, and each time I'd just be enthralled by like what could come out, the energy that I could feel coming out of this music. So I became a huge fan. I became very, um, I wasn't a musician as a kid. You know, I wasn't raised as a music, I wasn't a prodigy of any kind. I was actually rejected from the programs and, and went on to um, defy those rejections anyways and have a big career in music. But the, uh, but the, as a fan, I, you know, by the time, you know, Detroit was the number one city, it was Motown. So that was the number one city for R&B and soul music with Marvin Gaye and, you know, the Temptations and the Four Tops, Diana Ross, you know, young Michael Jackson at the time, you know, and so Stevie Wonder, and then it was a huge rock city. So, um, you know, so by the time between 12 and 18, I saw every imaginable legacy superstar band of the 70s um, that, that, you, that you could name probably. So I was just filled with that um, drive and that, that energy. It's like, it's what kept me alive and going. It was what kind of what I lived for. I got a job at 12 so I could buy concert tickets and, you know, and, and, and go experience this music. And then from, you know, the, the, um, I decided, you know, I went on and, you know, I studied music in college and, you know, got degrees in composition and business and all these different areas. But I, um, it was always from that point of that 12 year old kid on the streets of Detroit that I knew my calling was to offer other people in the world that resource that saved me from non-existence you know from like desperation and um so that's really been my path and even coming to hollywood and even um pursuing my music and film career has always just been an extension of that path so i could actually be able to help as many people around the world have that as a tool set from the performance side i decided pretty early not to uh, follow the performance path. I, in college, I was producing amazing artists like Miles Davis and Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, you know, Herbie on these legends, early Prince's first shows, you know, it's like, and I, um, Ray Charles, I was, and I, and I, the musicians that played with these guys, like they blew my mind. And I said, well, I'm never going to be as good as that. And, and if, if I was as good as them, I would spend 300 nights a year in a hotel room. So I don't really want that life. So I kind of modeled my career more after Quincy Jones and for as a writer, producer, you know, composer for films, writer, producer for records. And, but I do get to, I did get to perform and I did get to see, you know, that experience of people resonating. I, I uh, wrote one of the most powerful ones is I, um, I wrote the opening song for the high school musical for Disney. So it was for kids, you know, and, and I go to the concert at the Staples Center, which is, I don't know how many people, 10,000 people or something. And it's basically one parent to about, you know, chaperoning groups of five or six, <laughs> you know, teen, young teens. Right. And they had to keep the sound at a level that was a little lower because of the regulations, you know, of the sound level, not to hurt, there are ears but i looked around and like my song opened the show and the, the artist that i produced that i written for and it was had been the opening of a big disney movie <clears throat> and uh and all these kids were screaming and singing and it's like you couldn't there was no worry about how loud the stage was because the the level of sound coming off of all those voices and then i realized like it's so important like every word that i write every piece of music that I write, because if these kids are going to sing these words and they're going to 
implant them in their brain and it's going to spread, then it's, I have a big responsibility, but it was, that was pretty, the energy that you, I got back off of that, I'll never forget, you know. It's amazing. I can't, like, I'm just, I'm, my face is aching from smiling so much just talking to you. Uh, and I know we're going to get the, so the, the third point is around the ear as a gateway and health and happiness. And just what you said then about, you know, that these children, these people are going to be singing your songs and, and what you write and how you write it is so important. And I know that they've done studies also on like heavy metal, you know, go punch somebody music um, and the, yeah. and the effect that has on the brain as opposed to and, and on behaviors like even in nightclubs you know they've done studies in, in nightclubs on that type of music and and the positive wonderful you know music that that you're speaking of so let's go now the ear point number three so we'll call that other one point two and a half um point number three, <laughs> right. the ear is a gateway um to health and happiness so now we're getting more into that, you know, into where um, I work in the area of um, technology and what I call hearables um, and the hearables revolution. And this is what I write about for Forbes. And I cover part of this in, in my upcoming book, um, Amplified. But it's um, so we, we kind of ignore the human ear or we be, and it's the it's the gateway. To, it's one of the most powerful gateways to our subconscious, for sure. It's our first line of defense. As, as in our in our lymphatic our most primitive brain and it's um, and and it's also in terms of a measurable system like we have we can get more data data biometric data from the human ear than any other part of the body so what we're going to see transforming over the next couple of years and companies are lining up and buying companies and new companies are emerging there's a whole ecosystem around um, that hearable um, transference where all wearables, not all wearables, but many of them are going to move to the human ear. Um, and it's, we can get, you know, we can get blood oxygen level, we can get heart rate, we can get EEG, we can get, um, you know, we can get heart rate variability, we can get, uh, you know, uh, galvanized skin response, we can get just about, I mean, so many things that we can get off of a sophisticated earbud that you're actually talking through and listening to your music through or listening to your podcast, you know, the five, you know, the, the, the beautiful podcast you're creating. And we can see, we'll be able to see in a closed loop system on our phone, on a piece of software, exactly what's happening to our neurobiology, to our, to our, our health, to our system in real time, and then be able to look back at it like you could it with aura on your sleep and that kind of stuff. And you'll know, not just with music, but like that phone call that I had with you know, that friend or my boss, look what was happening to me, you know, so it's it's music and sound. And then the ability to measure in real time is going to be we call it the decade of sound. That's actually a quote by one of the leads at Harmon. And we're going to be able to that's all right, we already have basically all the technology. So it's really about someone like, you know, Steve Jobs putting that together at scale into, um, you know, a, a really awesome pair of earbuds that that measure as well as they deliver um, and are and then you can just do use ai for auto response responsive content or um, measuring all kinds of things um, that you would typically try to get out of a watch or another kind of measuring device but you would get so much more because you have this closed loop system that can also deliver um, you know sound and music as a therapeutic motivational piece for you and then measure its actual results. So if you you can apply that to, you know, to high performance and people who are trying to do, you know, take their, 
you know, their life and experience to the next level. And you can also apply it to, again, um, things like Alzheimer and dementia. And we can see um, how the brain is reacting to certain pieces of music at a certain time and whether that should be repeated and recommended. And, and uh, so it'll be this, the days of subjectivity is the only way to measure and recommend um, what we should use uh, therapeutically for sound and music are going to start to drift into measurable spaces. And it's just going to transform the whole industry. I mean, many industries. It's just absolutely amazing um, where it's going. So point four is the hearables revolution and the decade of sound. So moving on from the ear, because it's absolutely uh, amazing what technology is allowing us the capacity to do. So now we're, if we move into the hearables revolution, revolution or evolution right so this is basically what i'm speaking about i call it the hearables revolution and if you go to hearablesrevolution.com you'll end up at my column on forbes which talks about the integration of um of these technologies and where companies are going and what what's emerging in the space and and um how it affects you know health and human potential moving forward and and um you know one of the greatest forms of technology that we always forget as you know technologists <laughs> is the human body and the human ear is one of the most amazing forms of neglected technology that we have yet to tap fully into its capacity so when we combine that with what we've learning with um, all these exponentials like you know ai big data sensors um, you know precision medicine all these different uh, nanotechnology we're, we're we're really kind of at what they call it the elbow of the exponential curve so you, if, if you look at the business landscape, you can look at um, how all the major companies are buying companies and you're seeing mergers between a lot of audio companies and health companies and big players like from Samsung to you know, Apple doing that. And then a lot, of, um, a lot of startups in the space that are, you know, and then you're seeing people are starting to compete who are already in the wellness space, like, in. You know, from Headspace to Calm, where they're now becoming music companies and sound companies because they actually know that how important it is to start to integrate the two and prepare for this next wave. So it's it's a really really exciting time in the space, and um, and it's going to be extremely disruptive. Um, it's also going to be extremely disruptive in the other end of the spectrum, which is the hearing aid spectrum, which has been dominated by, was dominated by like six major companies. And one of them is now down to five and, and they're the ones that don't move across. So instead of people paying $6,000, $10,000 for a great pair of hearing aids, they're going to be able to walk into Best Buy or Walgreens and, and buy one, you know, it's the same way you would buy a great pair of earbuds. And it's going to have these levels of capacity, especially for people who are not at these extreme levels of hearing loss. You know? yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really thing. I find that fascinating as well. There's an Australian company that have created a headset and the, the buds actually go into your ear and then you can calibrate each ear for your, for where the levels of your hearing are. So for like a musician for a number of years, my mid range hearing, particularly in my left ear, um, is because well, I stood on the left side of the stage, so I was getting the you know the left speaker. Um, but it has it has deteriorated not to the point where I need a hearing aid. But if I put when I when I actually calibrated the, this headset, the difference between the left and the right ear for the calibration of how I listened to music was quite remarkable, and the distinction in the sound from a normal headset to actually calibrating it for my 
ear. So it makes absolute sense that the next step is for, for hearing aids and everything else. It's just, well, it's totally fascinating, the whole, and then how important. Yeah, there's a great company and I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go uh, ahead. There's, a, there's a great company, yeah, maybe the same company out of Perth called Nuhira. Um, yes, that's, that's it, all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know those guys are great. And um, so Australia's it's Australia's making its mark in the hearables revolution. So it's and, and they've won a lot of awards in tech innovation. So um, around this space. And yes, and what you're talking about is, you know, we've never treated um, listening or hearing as precision personalized medicine. Mm. So we've, we've, you know, everybody gets the same pair of headphones, the same speakers, the same sound, and it's mixed by the engineer who has perfect ears <laughs> and can hear all the things he's mixing. And then, you know, and, and now you'll be able to actually, everybody has a little bit different capacity in their, in their, in their hearing and a different, you know, frequency response and, and left and right are different. It's, it's just, it's a fact. So, and 25% of the population um, has a degree of hearing loss that they don't know about. And I, found, I find that actually even more fascinating thinking that if we can calibrate to our individual ear so that we, um, we can have the effect and the vibration that we need, the effect on our health will absolutely intensify uh, as well because it is all vibration and, and the dif different chemical reactions that happen from those vibrations. And, wow, the whole, the whole um, industry that you're in is absolutely and totally remarkable. Um, point number five, which I'm really excited about, and I'd love to have you back on the podcast or for a webinar when the book is, is ready to launch, but Amplified, um, Unleash Your Potential Through the Power of Music. Can you tell us a bit about the inspiration for the book and then also, you know, give us a, a bit of a synopsis about the book and then when it will be available? Uh, I'd love to. Thank you for inviting me to do so. It's um, so Amplified. Um, is in part it has stories. You like stories, so it's you know stories of my forty-year journey in this in you know in this uh, not only in this professional space, but you know how I've how music has helped me to overcome all the obstacles and challenges and as an entrepreneur, as a, as the health issues that I've been through, which are pretty extreme, and and um, and to uh, you know to just keep spiraling up, you know, through it all, and uh, it's. Um, so it's got stories. It's got a lot. It's got some really solid science behind it. Uh, Dr. Daniel Levinton, um, who wrote "This Is Your Brain" on the music, on music, wrote the foreword, and it's been, you know, all the studies have been validated. That you know, I've run them through scientific um, review through, with neuroscientists. So for the science heads, <laughs> they'll get that. And and you know, I do get a little bit into the technology. Um, in the end, but it's not really so much about the technology. It's more about our own human potential. So it's about unleashing your potential through the power of music, even using it to discover your purpose, using it to understand your identity. Um, and these are not just, um, you know, fluffy, nice ideas. They're all validated in science and real studies. And and so I, um, you know, and I have stuff around meditation and music, sleep and music um, and sound. Um, the essence of sound is a separate, in, integrated with music. So it's it's really um, a combination, like I said, for, you know, 40 plus years of my learnings and, and time in the field. It came out of, it was a little bit started about 10 years ago when I started my a nonprofit because, um, because I wanted to take what I had learned in storytelling and music in Hollywood and, and, and apply it to social impact around the globe. 
and started working, um, you know, speaking and traveling and hosting think tanks about how we can in integrate music into education and, and how we can integrate it into healthcare or help leaders, you know, from the Pope to whoever like have real impact. Um, I was invited by Ariana Huffington to, to write a column for the Huffington Post and um, it's like 2012 and, and she said, you know, I, I'm also a yogi. So she said, you know, do you want to do one? You can do one on yoga, you can do one on music or you can do both. So I just decided, okay, I'm, st I'm starting this campaign. I'm going to, you know, call it Why Music. I'm going to help people really understand the scope of music's potential for their potential beyond entertainment and commodity, which is where most of us relate to it. And, um, and how um, in, in a way that anybody can at this point reach in, like, like Peter Diamandi says, reach into your pocket and pull this great computer out called your phone. And at any time, no matter what you're going through, you know, whether it's severe, severe, whether it's emotional stress, whether it's severe health issues, whether it's that there's, there's a resource within that called music. Um, and there's some form of music of which you can relate to and connect to that'll help you find yourself again, that'll help you find your path, that'll reconnect you to your purpose, that'll reconnect you to um, meaning. So it's broken down into um, a little bit of the science and history, you know, like back to the future. <laughs> and then it's, uh, and then it's like uh, the middle section is really, think of it as an entrepreneurial's toolkit, you know? So how do you actually use it in a very practical way in your life? Like, you know, not, not just as entertainment. And then, and, then, and then the third part is really, how do you execute your purpose how do you find your purpose? How do you execute your purpose in the world? And how music um, has historically and, and even now and how you can do so and how you can actually apply it. So it's uh, um, the reason I decided to bring it into a book after 10 years of, you know, flying around the world and trying to do all these talks and stand on stages or, you know, host all these forums and think tanks is because not every, you know, I wanted, I just really want to help as many people as possible, you know, and, you know, some people only have the resource to pick up a book or an ebook, or they have different access, or you know they need you know they'll listen to it, they'll read it, maybe they'll read a chapter or whatever. You know, I just want to really have um, a practical tool, and it's um, you know we're in COVID and we've been going through this, and it's been you know a tremendously harsh time, especially you know what I call the mental health pandemic that we're not talking about much, and we don't have time to get into now. But um, and I looked across what's happening in, in uh, you know, what was all the offerings that were out there. And there was really nothing there was off the offerings in music were the same. They were performances by artists, which are great. And those are beautiful. But it, there was no offerings that gave people a practical way to like survive what they were actually going through or, or cope with what they're going through in a really precious you know, way and use that time in a different way and, and help them tap into an inner resource that they needed to pull through some of these really tough challenges. So I, you know, then I published some, a free book, you know, like right in the beginning. And, and this is, uh, um, you know, I'll probably end up giving most of these away because that's just what, what I do. But um, the, but uh, that's really the motivation behind it. And, and, and I have to thank Ariana for, you know, you know, in asking me to write this column because I did that for five years and I go, you know, okay, well, I've written a bunch of stuff, so I might as well write it as a book, you know, it's like either, you know. Love it. It's just been remarkable um, speaking with you. And and I'm, I was thinking too, I had the mental image when you were talking about 
the mental health and the, and COVID and, and everything else. Of one of the very first images I, I saw that brought tears to my eyes around, or lots of things brought tears to my eyes around COVID, but um, I saw people in Italy on their balconies playing music and singing and right. it was that that joy and that uplift uh, that was happening through music um, as well. So it's the power of music to, to bring us all together and to create that love um, between humans no matter what language you speak. So right. it's been an absolute joy, pleasure, excitement. I'm so energised speaking to you. I can't wait for the book to come out. Uh, and um, to have you on just to, to talk completely about the book for, you know, for we might do a webinar around that one and just <laughs> that would be a whole if hour. To, if people want to get uh, more information about it, they just go to amplifiedthebook.com and they can leave their name and I'll, I'll keep them updated on like what's happening. So and we'll put all the notes in, um, in the notes for the podcast and we'll also put some of your talks that, that are um, readily available. We'll uh, direct people directly to that. Frank Fitzpatrick, it has been an absolute joy, pleasure, excitement, everything possible speaking um, with you. I'm going to have my music on blaring all day and I'll be thinking about you. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your amazing knowledge, your years of experience. I look forward to our next conversation and let me say we are so honoured to have you on our faculty. So thank you for spending thank this you. time with us. And thank you to you and Christina for all you're doing and to your team. And, and um, I'm really proud of you. You've been holding the torch through some pretty big wins and keeping it lit. So um, I, I, I'm honored to be here. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Join us again uh, for our next episode of Inspire for Fire. Subscribe if you like what you're listening to. Please share it with your friends. We look forward to your company again. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Inspire for Fire, the Singularity U Australia podcast. We look forward to your company again on the next podcast. And in the meantime, we'd like to give a big shout out to our founding partner, Deloitte.